Shalom, and welcome to the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast, discovering the Hebrew roots of the Christian faith. And now, from beautiful Brandon, Florida, here are your hosts, Pastor Nick Plummer and Ryan Cabrera. Shalom, everybody, and welcome to the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast. This is the raspy Ryan Cabrera, and I'm in studio here with Pastor Nick Plummer. Hey, shalom, Pastor Nick. shalom, everyone. Welcome to the summer months. Shalom. Yeah, this, we've been in the summer months. This is true. <laughs> We're in the heart of it. All right, so today we are studying the Torah, which that's not unusual, but today is very exciting, and that's because we are starting part five of the Torah. That's right, Devarim, the book of Deuteronomy. All right, and so this starts in the beginning of Deuteronomy at Deuteronomy 1.1, and then it ends at chapter 3, verse 22. Lots of good stuff in here. Oh, incredible stuff, Ryan. We are in this incredible book. You know, they say that Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, and Numbers is basically the Torah, tells the whole story, blah, blah, blah. But now we're going to get into the book of Deuteronomy. These are the last words of a dying man. We're going to talk about the time frame and the, uh, the amount of importance. Uh, this is a book of remembrance. And, of course, we're going to break this down. Uh, we know in Leviticus, uh, there were two parts to Leviticus. In the book of Numbers, we discovered three parts. Uh, but here we have uh, basically uh, four parts to the book of Deuteronomy. I'm going to break it down for you. You have, of course, uh, Deuteronomy chapter 1 through 4. It's remembrances of the past. Remembrances of the past chapters 1 through 4, and it also says in there in the introduction, take heed lest thou forget. That's part 1. Part 2 is in regard to, of course, the Ten Commandments, uh, chapter 4, verse 44, all the way through chapter 11. Uh, Then, of course, here here we have the commandments for the present. So chapters 1 through 4 is the remembrances of the past. Now we have the commandments for the present, and uh, then, of course, we're going to be going into uh, actually, uh, let's see here, related commandments uh, will be from chapter 12 to 26, related commandments. Uh, the Ten Commandments are found, of course, in chapter 4, verse 44, all the way through chapter 11. Uh, part 3 is options affecting the future. Uh, chapters 27 through 30, this is blessings and cursings. So once again, uh, chapters 27 through 30, part 3 of this four-part book, options affecting the future. Last but not least, we have So Moses Died, chapters 31 through 34. These are the parting words of Moses. Once again, chapters 31 through 34, the parting words of Moses. Uh, Five key words found in the book of Deuteronomy. Remember, obey, blessing, curse, and covenant. Think about it. Think about it. Remember, obey, blessing, curse, and and covenant. Once again, this is the book of remembrance. Let's get into Devarim, which are words. Uh, question number one, what was the time frame for the beginning of Deuteronomy, chapter one in verse three of Deuteronomy? All right, so it's in the 14th year in 40th. the... 40th. In the four, I can read, I promise. In the 40th year in the 11th month on the first day of the month. Now, I want to read the first verse of Deuteronomy before we go anywhere else, because I think that there's a little nugget in here for us. Let's do it. All right. It says, these be the words which Moses spake unto some people. No, it says, all Israel on this side, Jordan, in the wilderness, in the plain over against the Red Sea between Paran and Tophel and Laban and Hazaroth and Dizahab. So who, Pastor Nick, was Moses speaking to? 
he was speaking to uh, Israel. All of Israel. All Israel so, that was there. Uh, well, whatever. You know what? I get all of Israel that was there at the time. That's fine. That's fine. But we're going to get into. He's going to be speaking to those that are here and those that are not here later on. Wait, I you mean in the same book it says he's speaking? He even specifies those that are here and those that are not he here. He does specify. It's Deuteronomy twenty. So if we believe that we are grafted into Israel, whether through some divine providence of birth, or through uh, Yeshua, our Savior, right? Yes, the root of the olive tree. Then this is talking to us. I agree. Okay. This is why we're doing the podcast, I just want to make sure that we're listening. This is why we're doing it. He's gathering the outcasts of Israel. That's right. Now, these are the last words of a dying man. Think about it, okay? Basically. And we've all experienced this. I know even with my father-in-law, you know, he was telling me, and uh, he suffered with great uh, dignity. You know, he just really... He did it good. And so what happened is, if you stop and look at the time frame of this, it's in the 40th year, in the 11th month, on the first day of the month. So you you basically have another month to go before they're going to go into the promised land. They're going to start making their way across the river, Jordan, and some interesting things are going to be happening. My father-in-law, man, he grabbed me by the hand, he just looked at me, and he said, go forward, go forward. Two famous words. That's all he would say to me is that, go forward. And so I believe we are going forward. So just keep this in mind as you read Deuteronomy. These are the last words of a man who's not going into the promised land. So the good news is, in, in the in the in the of course the principle of delegation. Question number two: Were there other rulers besides Moses in Deuteronomy one thirteen? There were at this point. Yep. And so basically, they were divided up uh, among the people with captains over tens. Fifties, hundreds, and thousands. Once you read that verse, Ryan, very important, especially in the Hebrews of the Christian faith movement. You know how big is your congregation? Uh, Deuteronomy one fifteen. Let's read this. I believe. I believe in the Hebrew. It's pronounced fitties. <laughs> so I took the chief of your tribes, wise men, and known, and made them heads over you, captains over thousands, and captains over hundreds, and captains over fitties, and captains over tens. And officers among your tribes. Now check this out. You might be in a group of just 10 people. You might be in a group of 50 or 100 or, you know, who knows? Maybe there's a Hebrew Roots megachurch out there. Uh, I don't know yet. I haven't, I haven't heard of it. But then again, you know, thousands. Imagine that. So, you know, 150, 200. I think God they didn't, doesn't have me over thousands. It's, it's 100. Thank mm-hmm. God, 150, 200 people. But once again, this is important to, to, to realize that, you can't be a Lone Ranger. Even Lone Ranger had Tonto. In this movement, I believe you've got to have leadership, you got to have delegation, and you have to share the vision with others uh, in an equal responsibility. So here's the cool thing uh, in Deut- Deuteronomy 117, uh, question number four, who was in charge of hearing the difficult cases among the people? Moshe. So Moses says, bring the hard ones to me. Bring the hard things to me. Well, it's you like take he's care the supreme. The it's like the supreme court, right? So yeah. as they as they have issues with judgments or whatever, they rise up, they escalate up the ladder, and eventually they make it to Moses. It's a, it's a good point. You know what's what's interesting, Ryan, is here at Beit Dehila we have a bunch of different ministries, and we have leaders over those ministries, and they handle their ministry. But if something comes up where they want something resolved or they need some help, then I'll of course come into the picture and help them. But I I try to let everybody stay in their lanes and run. Uh, and they do a great job here at Beit Tehila, the leadership here at Beit Tehila. Very proud of them. A uh, very special group of people. Uh, once again, question number five. Of the original adults who left Egypt, who were the only two people allowed to go into the land? This is going to be Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, and Joshua, the son of Nun. 
This is, of course, uh, Deuteronomy chapter 1, verses 36 and 38. So, what would these two people represent as far as Caleb and Joshua? What two tribes? Ephraim and Judah. Wow, Ephraim and Judah. And, of course, it's interesting because, you know, we see this story being played out. They represent two groups of people. Uh, the cool thing about Joshua and Caleb is that, just like us, we were, we were all in the world. They were in Egypt. They came out. They were wandering the wilderness for 40 years. Here we are. We're on the journey right now in this earth, in the world, but not of it. And we're looking forward to the promised land, Ryan. So oh, yeah. we're right there, I believe, on the banks of the Jordan River, on the plains of Moab. Come on, somebody. Come Something's on, happening. somebody. Now, was Moses allowed to go into the land of promise? Deuteronomy 137. Mm, nope. He was not allowed to go into the land of promise. Once again, the... Uh, the difficulty here is that he did not speak to the rock. He struck the rock twice. He was to speak to it, and there were some complications there, of course. Uh, you know, uh, but the bottom line is that that's what the you know the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob decided from Moshe. Now I've mentioned this before, and I would say it again. You know, maybe he had expectations of leading them into the promised land. Maybe he thought he was going to lead them into the promised land, just assumed or whatever. But it seems to me, Ryan, that he was called to deliver the children of Israel, mm -hmm. out of Egypt uh, to the Pharaoh. So something to think about, something to consider. You know, sometimes we think, well, hey, you know what? I'm going to go on and do this and this. When when God has a role for you, like even now, you know, being the senior pastor at Beit the congregation, that's more than sufficient. It's more than, a, than I can handle that particular role. I'm not thinking of some other things, you know, because if I'm thinking about leading this or leading that or doing this or doing that or even going here or going there, how are we going to build a strong community and raise up the next generation. Right. Uh, question number seven in Deuteronomy 139. Were the little ones among the children of Israel allowed to enter the land of promise? Yes, they were. So under 20, right? The little ones were allowed to enter the land. You know, this is a great lesson for all of us that those parents feared for their children uh, in the beginning stages. And they had to pay the price for 40 years in the wilderness. And they would not see the promised land. But their kids would make it and go into the promised land. This is a lesson for us today. Don't fear for the next generation. Don't dread and worry over our children because they are children of the promise. And if the promises are to us and to our children, you can rest assured in that. That's actually found even in Deuteronomy 30, verses 1 through 3, that we would return, us and our children, with all of our heart, uh, warts and all, mistakes and all. And so once again, even if your children are grown up and out of the house or whatever, if you're receiving the promises, they will go to them. They will get the opportunity to come into this truth Come on, somebody. That's a good word. Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse 44. Uh, what happened to the children of Israel when they went presumptuously up into the land, Ryan? Uh, well, the Amorites came out against them and chased them as bees do and destroyed them in Seir, even unto Hormah. Presumptuously. So they were told, you're not going into the land. Now they decided, oh, yes, we are. And guess what? Sometimes you don't get a second chance. Ooh, yeah. You just don't get a second chance. You know, it's interesting. Uh, well, I tell the that was essentially a temper tantrum. Well, I'm going anyways. You well, know? you know, it says you have tested me these 10 times. And that's why, yeah, for sure. And it, it's interesting because if you go back and study Abraham, 10 tests were given to Abraham. He passed them as an individual. But when you get a bunch of people, a group of people, boy, you could really, you could really, really, really mess things up. Uh, 10 times they tried the Lord, tested the Lord, and a breach of promise, they were not going into the land. You know, it's kind of interesting, like, when you're running up the street to catch the bus, and that bus goes by, and you see it off in the distance, you know there's not another bus coming. 
So you got to figure out what you're going to do to get another ride to get to school. And what do you do? Come home and tell your parents, hey, I missed the bus, blah, blah, blah. Or maybe they're working. Ooh. And you got to wait and tell them, oh, I couldn't make it to school today. Yeah, but you get to have all, a lot of fun all day until... Until the parents come home. Yeah, and then it's... And then it's mm, so think good. about it. So the thing that I've learned, Ryan, in, in, in 51 years of existence on this life, personally and corporately at this church, when you listen to God... And you do it his way, Ryan. I'm telling you, things fall into place. When he opens the door, no man can close it. When he closes the door, no man can open it. I'm telling all of this from my heart because I've gone south, I've gone astray, I've done things, and it didn't work out for me. And it's that famous saying, how's it working out for you? Man, it wasn't working good for me. But I want to say at this point in my life, I'm feeling really good. I'm seeing a lot of cool things. And the Father is making it all happen. And he gets all the glory. So once again, presumptuously, they're going to go into the land. Nope, didn't work out. Uh, question number nine in Deuteronomy chapter two, verses four, nine, and nineteen: Who were the children of Israel to avoid and not fight? All right, so it's going to be the children of Esau, the Moabites, and the children of Ammon. So this is because they're they're cousins, right? They're related. You yeah. know, you've got Esau related to Jacob. You got the Moabites and the Ammonites related to Lot's daughters. Okay. And so, once again, they were told to go around, do not engage them. Isn't it interesting that, you know, we fight each other in the Hebrews of the Christian faith? We'll fight each other. We'll defame each other. We'll do Lashon Hurrah. For, For what? I don't think the Torah speaks of that, Ryan. I don't think it even says to go after your brother, you know, uh, especially with social media now and with this whole uh, information age, the age of information, uh, and all the, you know, technology that we have i don't think we have the right yeah to just to pursue somebody on social media or whatever and that's just my personal opinion bait tehillah always uses media for the glory of god we want to use the media in a positive reference yeah you know it's like that saying if you don't have anything nice to say don't say nothing at all so you know and the funny thing is here's how satan and his demonic host laughing at us Right. Because we're picking each other off called friendly fire. Right. You know, we're hurting each other and they don't even have to engage us because we just did the work for them. And, and this is where, you know, I get bent out of shape over this because it's like we need to be productive. We need to be positive. Amen. And we need to be people of faith. So once, once again, they had to go around this area because they were related. Uh, question number 10. Did the Lord have all the men of war die in the wilderness? Deuteronomy 2.16. He did. And what were the ages, Ryan, again, for that That's going to be certificate? 20, 20 and up. So this is the men of war who are the right. ones that are counted in the census, so on and so forth. Can you imagine, Ryan, if you were 19 years old and the edict was given, and then you turned 20 after the edict was given? You just got in. I mean, think about it, Ryan. Oh, yeah. If you were 19 years old, you were just one year away from dying in that generation. It was meant to be. Well, and, and the question begs, in this case, are we talking about when they were 20 when they came out of Egypt, or is this 20 at the point of this conversation? I think it's 20 when they came out of Egypt. Now, that's my opinion. I, I could be wrong. That's a technical difficulty, I'm sure, but or technicality, but I'm saying that's that. That's a Mike Cromwell question. That that's a, good, that's a good point. You know, the thing that gets me, though, is we're just thinking about What's going on as far as thinking and watching all of these people that are going to have to just die in the wilderness? You're just waiting for them. To, they're not going to make it. They're all going to die in the wilderness. Well, and that's why we should have a sense of urgency. We should. But, the, yeah. but see, the thing about it is, you know, I, I see supernaturally people in the Hebrews of the Christian faith movement. I actually see them, okay, literally 
dying spiritually. Oh, yeah. Falling off the vine, going south, shipwrecked faith. And they don't even realize that they're out of the camp. They don't even realize that they've broken the bridge of promise. For sure, I mean, the there's Lord. there's crazy stuff that happens, and I, I mean, not the least of which. And is, they're being presumptuous. Is you know people going into Judaism um, and leaving Yeshua. I uh, was having a conversation with somebody the other day that when people come into the Hebrew roots of the Christian faith, one of the issues is that you know some of these pillar things that they believed in previously uh, have now been challenged, and when the, those things that they think thought were staples are challenged. Everything is now on the table to go back to the scriptures and test, right? Even Yeshua, his deity, you know, salvation, all of these things. Right. And they have to dig back into scripture. And the cool part is that we can easily go to scripture and find the deity of Yeshua. We can find salvation in the scriptures uh, through Yeshua. Um, so those are cool things that we can show people. But unfortunately, what happens is they start getting caught up in things that are not scriptural, and that are are that seem cool that it's you know informational or right uh, you know uh, mystical or whatever absolutely and and they take a left turn and head down you know a weird path I, I'm meeting a lot of pastors and talking with a lot of uh, Christian brothers and sisters in, in in the story of our faith and what we're practicing and what we're doing and you know it's really incredible to have a good conversation and this goes back to pick your battles yeah you know I really choose not to fight the church I don't want to point out all the things that are wrong. With, with this or that. I mean, this is just my opinion. I got so much to do. Well, teach you know, what you're for, not you know, what you're against. And, 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 and looking at this... Show the so, better way, So not once again, all the them. men of war died in the wilderness, and now we're going to see a new chapter here in, in Deuteronomy 2.30. Uh, what king would not allow the children of Israel to pass through his land? This was not a relative. This was Sihon, king of Heshbon. Was Sihon, king of Heshbon, defeated by Israel in Deuteronomy 2.33? Da, Israel crushed him. Yes. I knew Conan would make an appearance when there's war, even among the Midianites. So, you know, the thing about it is, uh, what really gets me, Ryan, is the fact that there's a fight on this side of the Jordan River. Yes, there is. You know, there's a fight in America for, yeah. for America's moral I- you know, values and, and founded yeah. on God and Christianity. There's, there's a fight. There's a fight for the moral right. I mean, when you think about it, and, and moral absolutes, you know. So my thing is, as we begin to discover all this stuff... Pick your battles. But once again, there's a fight. Yeah. And you fight the good fight of faith. You know, and I think it's good that, you know, we do have some resistance. We have some enemies and things are happening because it means we're we're doing something. We're engaging the enemy. And, and I want to say something, Ryan. I don't believe that the Orthodox Jews are the enemy. Now, some people would would, would beg to differ or whatever. Or For the they're, gospel they're, sake, they're an adversary. Maybe. Or they're this or they're but I'm telling you this from my heart. I don't see Orthodox Jews as as the enemy. I don't want to fight the Orthodox Jews. Right. I mean, what's that all about? I mean, really, when you think about it. So once again, he's defeated by Israel, uh, uh, the king of Heshbon. And uh, question number 13 is, what two things were taken by Israel after they defeated Sihon or Sihon? Deuteronomy 2.35. They took their cattle and the spoil of the cities. So this is going to be like physical uh, assets. That's right. They get the, uh, they get the goods. Yep. They get the booty. And that's King James for you. Uh, question number 14, uh, the battle continues. Okay, you can beat this guy, right? Sihon, king of Heshbon? What about this one? Deuteronomy 3.3. What was the name of the second king whom Israel defeated? Og, king of Bashan. So Bashan is up there in the Galilee, the Golan Heights. Yep. Very interesting place. Question number 15, Deuteronomy 3.11. Og, king of Bashan, was the remnant of what, Ryan? Of the giants. What's another name for the giants? The Nephilim. The Nephilim. Whoa, the Nephilim. 
Do you think the Nephilim are making a comeback in the demonic realm on this earth? I mean, do you think that that there's some traces of uh, demonic activity? I don't know where this comes from, and I'm not necessarily endorsing this theory, but I did hear that demons, right, what quote-unquote demons, non-fallen angels, right, these are not fallen angels, they're demons, are the spirits of the slayed giants. I've heard that before. You know, Satan has seed, Genesis 3.15. There'll be enmity between her seed and his seed. So this whole thing about the Nephilim is a fascinating study. Uh, you know, uh, my, my, my sons and I and, and children, we, we talk about different things in that regard. Uh, and like I said, an improper relationship between, you know, uh, a spirit being and a, and a homo sapien woman. Uh, but there's something to consider. You know, and we want to throw this out. We don't want to believe it, but yet our whole culture is full of hybrids. And even in Greek mythology, you know, you got a minotaur, you got a half man, half beast, right? You know, all these crazy things. And, and I want to submit this to all of you that are that, that can go online, which everyone can. A lot of this hybrid stuff is public records. You know, they've already documented, they took jellyfish and took the DNA from the jellyfish and put it in a pig's snout. And literally glows in the dark. <laughs> they can take goat skin DNA and put it on a cow. This is all public records. So, uh, what about a transparent mouse? That was the one that got me. A see-through mouse. And so, this is all public records. I think Apple came up with that first. I don't know, but it's crazy. So, so once again, there's some demonic activity going on in here. They got to slay the giants. They got to push them out. And this is what we're going to see. Uh, uh, and how big was Og's bed? Deuteronomy 3.11. It was nine cubits in length and four cubits in breadth, which they say is approximately 15 by six. So 15 feet long, six feet wide. Wow. And, and of course, a cubit can be determined from your, uh, the tip of your, uh, your finger to, to your elbow, basically. That would be a cubit, which is more than 12 inches. So that's a pretty big bed. So there's actually... Uh, some archaeological digging going on in Bashan in, in reference to this particular area. And they have like stone circles and things that are quite fascinating. I haven't had the opportunity to see it yet, but question number 17, what three tribes received their inheritance east of the Jordan river? Deuteronomy chapter three, verses 12 through 13. What are the three tribes that received their inheritance east of the Jordan River. This is going to be the Reubenites, the Gadites, and the half-tribe of Manasseh. Wow, this is a beautiful area. I've had the opportunity to be there and go there uh, along the Galilee, on the east coast of the Galilee. You know, that's still part of the land of Israel. People think that the Jordan River separates Israel to Jordan, but it's not true. There's a buffer zone there, like a DMZ kind of thing going along the line there. But On the other side. There is. On the other side, you can drive on it and see it. It's very cool. A lot of vegetation, a lot of agriculture out there. Uh, I got to see uh, uh, and go on a Jeep tour. You can actually see that on the YouTube channel, Jeep so tour. So what you're saying is the Bible says that that land is good for grazing cattle, and it's still good for grazing cattle? You know, that's a good point. Stop. I'm telling you. Huh. I'm telling you. The only thing you got to watch out for in the Golan Heights is, of course, the... Uh, Rockets. The minefields. Oh. Oh. From Syria. <laughs> yeah. Oh. We're closing it out here. Question number 18. Did the three tribes have to cross the Jordan and help the other tribes fight in order that they could receive their inheritance as well? Deuteronomy chapter 3, verses 18 through 20. Yeah, this was a sticking point. Moses was like, sure, you can have your inheritance there, but you're still coming to fight. You know, but you could have Cain... Who says, oh, am I my brother's keeper? Where's your brother? Yeah. You know, um, I consider the Jewish people my brothers and sisters, you know. I consider the Jewish people my brothers and sisters. Amen. 
And, and so would I want to help them? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so once again, these three tribes had to go across the Jordan and they had to help their brothers. I want to encourage you, you as you're listening to this podcast to remember to help those that are around you or offer your help or your assistance, help, help your brother, you know, help someone else to succeed, help somebody else, you know, and whenever I find a good brother or sister and they have their own business or whatever, or, you know, I always put in a good word for them. Or, or would use them for the church because they have integrity, they have character, hmm. you know, and then you can recommend them to others because we're always like, hey, you know, a good doctor, lawyer, car mechanic, especially a car mechanic, you know, uh, they could be some shady characters. So, you know, you got to find the right place in, in auto mechanics. So these are just things to think about to help one another. Very relevant for today. Uh, let's see. Question number 19. Uh, whom did Moses command to continue fighting after the defeat of the two kings? Deuteronomy 321. Joshua. Joshua. Once again, Joshua's an Ephraimite. You know, they say there's so much controversy over, you know, the two house teaching in Ephraim and Judah. I want to submit something to you. Anybody listening to this podcast, I want you to study it for yourself. I want you to go into the Bible. You know, we study prayer or we'll study the 12 tribes or we'll study the monarchy of David, you know, the Davidic dynasty and all the kings that came from David and all these great things. I want to throw it out to you. I want to double dog dare you to study Ephraim, study the word, study his son, because it was Joseph's son and and how the blessing came on him, what happened to him, where he's at, where is he going to be, where's he going? I want to challenge you instead of just, you know, speaking things that are not true. Do your own study. What you mean? Read the Bible for yourself? Read the Bible. And listen, not, not everybody's Ephraim. That's right. There are characteristics that you are an Ephraimite, you know, yeah. and, and, and I can't help but bring this out. I'm not ashamed. Yeah. I'm not ashamed, you know, and, and everyone has to find out who they are, what they are and whose they are. Mm-hmm. So just, I want to throw that out to you. I really want to throw, throw it out to you. And this is the cool thing. So Joshua, very, very cool stuff. Oh, and by the way, thank you, Holy Spirit. Come on, somebody. I'm reading an incredible book by Adam Zertel uh, in regards to a great archaeological dig and find of Joshua's altar. And uh, in closing here, I want to say that very interesting uh, point to be made here. This particular gentleman actually discovered Joshua's altar in April of 1980. So Ryan, this is the time that the Hebrews of the Christian faith movement started to erupt and come into play. I was, you had the I was Jesus. born in the 80s. Did Listen, you know that? You know, it was a it was a good decade. I mean, so you have you have the so. Jews for Jesus in the seventies. You had the Jesus movement in the late sixties. So what I want to submit to you is that you have you have the barley, you have the Jews right there, right? Whether it's the Messianic Jews or whatever. But now you have the non-Jews, people coming out of the nations, all these ethnic groups, and they're being accused of trying to be Jewish and all these other things. But they're not Jewish. Amen. Ephraim is not Jewish. To insert that in parentheses, that every time you see Ephraim, that's the Jews, that's the Jews, I beg to differ, based upon the scriptural evidence, you know? So I want to throw this out to you. And this isn't about debating or getting angry over this or making harsh accusations. This is about an open discussion. Right. You know, it's an open discussion, you know, and, and it's just like with the gift of tongues or whatever. You know, there are those that believe in it and those that don't, but those that believe in it are doing it. You can't stop them. The scriptures are very, you know, evident about the speaking in tongues. 
but yet we criticize it or we push it away. But I want to recommend that that let's not be afraid of a topic. Let's discuss it. Let's look at it and ask for the Lord to come into our conversation because this is where we're at. And Yeshua said, if you're ashamed of me, I'm ashamed of you. And I've known this truth of the two houses for over 20 years, Ryan. And it's growing. It's building. It's incredible. It's an awesome opportunity uh, for this earth to witness this. And, and, and it's going to be in Hashem's hand. It's going to be in God's hand. He's going to pull this off. So last but not least, we have question number 20. Who was going to fight for the children of Israel in Deuteronomy 3.22? Please tell me, Conan. The, it was the Lord your God will fight for you. See, we don't need Conan. Conan needs God. Amen. And so the thing is, this is what's happening. We need to be dependent on God. We can't do it all. We can't figure it out. We need his resources. We need his favor. We, we need his uh, mercy and grace. And so, you know, he's given us mercy. We need to give it out to others. So, Ryan, I'm, I'm very excited about Devarim. There's some exciting things happening, exciting things coming down. We had an incredible time with Hanok Young visiting with us. He's going to be our tour guide. And we are, of course... Uh, just a few days away from the 9th of Av, the three weeks of affliction will come to a close. We'll have a little reprieve, a little break there, and then we're going to be going into the season of Teshuvah. Yep, and so here, here's just a little thought. We got uh, Deuteronomy verse one, or chapter 1, verse 8, another uh, great scripture right out of uh, this Torah portion. It says this, Behold, I have set the land before you. Go in and possess the land which the Lord sware unto your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give unto them and to their seed after them. And remember, Galatians 3.29, if you be Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs. Heirs to what? According to the promise. What promise? I'll let you guys figure that one out on your own. <laughs> this has been Ryan Cabrera and Pastor Nick Plummer with the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast. Thank you guys for listening. If you want to reach out to us, you can email me at ryan at topraise.net, ryan at topraise.net. Uh, you can also call the office at 813-654-2222, and you can live stream our services at topraise.net, topraise.net, 11 a.m. every Saturday. You guys have a great week. Thanks so much for listening. See you later.